was slinging puns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And they complained about time too, about not playing the NDE. It was free for all, and I heard him say, keep off my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick, cause you're incapable hands. Thanks, TJ. Hello, welcome, and remain indoors. I'm Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and this is Keep Off the Borderlands. Well, it's arrived. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to record this. I know you're probably completely sick of hearing about this. No doubt you know exactly what it is that I am about to unbox. So let's just get on with it, shall we? Quite securely packaged. There we are. Oh, look at it. Oh, a lovely matte black finish oh it's quite a quite a lump right chris mcdowell electric bastion land deeper into the odd new illustrated and particularly fast role-playing game produced in the offices of bastion land press limited including full information for a dangerous living world alongside methods of conduction and play. The ribbon, that's good. It's a looker. Complete role-playing game. The only city that matters enters its electric age you have a failed career and a colossal debt treasure is your only spark of hope ah large font <laughs> Characters, failed career, equipment. Let's have a look at some of these. Uh, the Rook Tamer, that's what we, uh, me and Barney rolled up in the recent episode of The Bastion Social. I mean, there's not a lot that I can say that I haven't already spoken about, contents-wise. But uh, it's quite a nicely produced book. And now I have no more excuses 
not to run the bloody thing. So, a nice information rule summary and the uh, the back inside cover. That's nice. Nice selection of character images on the inside of the front cover. That's good. Morning Spencer, just Gordon Senchman here. Just a quick voice message to let you know that there is a Bastion Land podcast out there. I figure you probably know about it, but uh, I only found out about it, about it today and uh, thought that might be of interest if you didn't know. Incidentally, my copy has also arrived. <laughs> All right. Cheers, fella. Bye. Thank you for that message, Goblin's Henchman. I really appreciate that because in amongst all this talk of Electric Bastion, I may not have mentioned that podcast. I was aware of it. Thank you. But... um. Yeah, it's quite possible that while I'm busy waffling away, I hadn't actually mentioned it. And anybody remotely interested in the game, I urge you to go over and listen to that. It's on Anchor. It's called the Bastion Land Podcast Tabletop Role-Playing Game Design. And essentially, it's uh, Chris has presented it as like an audio commentary related to the design of the game and the book itself. Each episode has guests, and in the first episode, he has the creators of the Spire RPG, which is something I'm not familiar with. But there appear to be quite a few similarities between their game and Chris McDowell's. In the second episode, Chris discusses the art of the book with Alec Sorensen, the artist, and uh, that gives me an opportunity to talk about the art of Electric Bastion Land because I'm aware that while I was flipping through the book, I was admiring the art, but on re-listening to the unboxing, I realised I didn't actually say anything about it at all. So, uh, yeah, just to address that, it is quite an interesting style similar to the sort of stuff that's in Troika and Silent Titans, although I would say it's not quite as out there. There are surrealist elements, but it's got this kind of, like a sort of a 1920s art deco cyberpunk sort of feel to it. The art style, it's, it's kind of a minimalist ink illustrations, primarily black and white with the occasional splash of yellow. Uh, but when I say minimalist, there's an awful lot of background detail in these images that, much like the text of the book, suggests and implies and hints at the more bizarre elements of this setting. I find myself going back to images I previously looked at and uh, noticing little details that put 
the image in a completely different context. It's really cleverly done, I think. But as I say, this is discussed when Chris speaks to Alex Sorensen. They go into influences there and uh, the kind of brief that was given. And um, yeah, really fascinating stuff. Uh, That's followed by an episode about the hundred or so failed careers in the book that he discusses with Arnold Kemp, who created some of those failed careers. In the fourth episode, he speaks to John Harper, the creator of Lasers and Feelings and Blades in the Dark. And that's kind of a general discussion about the rules and minimalist rules in general. Very interesting. And then the fifth episode, Chris discusses running the game with Ben Milton. Now, to hear these two guys chatting to each other, I was in hog heaven. Both Chris and Ben have produced work that really excited and inspired me. They are responsible for really drawing me into the world of OSR. So that was a, yeah, that was a real pleasure to listen to. And sadly, I think the next episode is the last in the series. Um, He's focusing on the setting. I'm not sure who he'll be talking to in that episode, but I'll certainly be listening in. And thanks again, Mr. Henchman, for reminding me to talk about it. Hey, Spencer Jason here. Just want to say, whatever Shandy Andy says is fine by me. And it sounds like whatever John Allen Large says is fine by me as well. So there you go. Thank you, Jason. Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast there. And that's all well and good as long as you, Andy, and John don't start assuming that the other one will be calling in to express your collective opinion. Now, Jason very kindly ran a session during the week for me, Edwin and Pete, and I speak a little bit about that in the next section. I wanted to talk a little about the act of play. And when I say that, I mean, well, I was listening to a podcast called Roleplay Chat with Chris and Matt. And, well, they were talking about improv comedy and using some of the principles of that in gaming. I have to admit, it's not a podcast I regularly listen to. It was just... The title of the episode caught my eye. I thought I'd give it a listen. But they were equating role-playing with acting. I instantly had a reaction to that. And it got me thinking. It's something that crossed my mind before. Barney of Loco Ludus actually commented recently on uh, the fact that I like... I enjoy doing voices. Often when I do call-ins sometimes in my own episode. But when it comes to playing, I tend not to do that. I was wondering about why that is. Could be a confidence thing, just the simple act of 
that question arising in my mind, shall I do a voice or not? The fact that I'm asking myself that question creates something of a stumbling block rather than me just doing it in the moment. And I do have a lot of fun playing with people like Barney and several others that can really throw themselves into a role. But games in which that doesn't occur are no less fun. It just calls me to think, what is the difference between acting and role-playing? You can put yourself in the mind of a character without it being a performance. You know, what would this character do in this situation? That could be done by speaking about them in the third person quite adequately. Which brings to mind something that occurred a few nights ago. Jason offered to run a session, just a little brief scenario. He didn't ask us to prepare any characters. All we knew was that it was a simple 2D6 resolution mechanic. And it was me, Edwin King, and Pete Jones of Dragons Are Real. And uh, yet we discovered that Jason wanted us to play ourselves, which was interesting. Um, It's funny, my initial reaction to that was, well, I'm not sure if I like that. I don't really know why, just because I hadn't done that before, maybe. But that soon went away when we got into the adventure and it made perfect sense. And it really helped to show just how little you need in order to play a game. Because basically we were rolling to do something and if we personally had knowledge or background that would aid us in doing that, that would make the task easier. Which was great because it didn't require any attributes, any stats. That was a really good fun session. Jason was experimenting a little with uh, background music and sound effects and I felt certainly the the sound of the raging storm really added to the atmosphere. And uh, yeah, really was a fun couple of hours. Thank you for running that, Jason. Uh, this also brought to mind my studying, my training in counselling. Um, obviously, as a student in psychotherapy, you can't be unleashed on a world of potentially vulnerable clients without being assessed in some way that you're able to conduct a session adequately. Um, obviously, you have to operate within an ethical framework and you know you have to exhibit the ability to do that. And that's done through triads. Essentially, three of you will go into a room. One will take on the role of the counsellor. One will take on the role of the client. And one will be an observer. And um, what you have to bear in mind there is that as a client, certainly at the beginning, you're normally given situations to present to the counsellor. As things progress and you do a bit more personal exploration, you're encouraged to bring genuine issues that you might have because that gives practice an authenticity. It's extremely valuable, but also you have to bear in mind that you're not bringing some really heavy crap that you're going to inflict 
on a fellow student counsellor. You know, you have to be wary. So it's a bit of a bit of a balancing act. But um, it's quite doable to have an authentic counselling session and go to some, you know, quite tough places, but in a way that benefits all concerned. I guess this, this idea of um, playing a character or playing yourself early on in your training, when you are presenting an issue that you might not have personally, in fact, in those early stages, it helps if you are presenting something that isn't so close to a problem you might actually have yourself. Um, but you're not playing a part. You're not acting as somebody else. You're putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and responding as yourself in that situation. So, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's anything to be gained from me waffling on about that. Um, but uh, I guess I just wanted to break down what role-playing meant to me and how I felt didn't necessarily equate with putting on a performance, acting, as it were. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your calls. If you want to leave a message, please click the anchor link in the description. Or if you prefer to contact me by email, there's a link there to spencer.freethrall at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, MeWe, Instagram as Freethrall. There's a Keep Off The Borderlands Facebook page. Also in that episode description, you'll find a link to TJ Drennan's Patreon that provides all the wonderful music. Uh, it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.